And welcome back to Fully Equipped. The whole crew is here to bring you the latest gear ramblings from your favorite trio. Boys, how are we doing? It's good to see everybody's faces. Very good. Golf season is here. Went to the range this past weekend. Life is good. It's cold again, but life is good. And uh, I'll be playing some golf across the ocean very soon. So I'm uh, excited about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We will definitely talk about that. Good. I went and saw FKJ last night, one of my favorite bands. And um, outside, it was kind of warm. So, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Which, wait, which band was this, Gene? FKJ. Is this is this like a German marching band? Is this, is no, this their, it's kind of like that. They, it actually was kind of cool. Uh, this guy's playing at uh, Coachella. And because they contractually have them on Saturdays, they pick gigs like within 120 miles of Coachella. So we just booked a gig in San Diego. So I went and checked him out. So I got to see, I got a little taste of my Coachella action um, last night without having to go to the desert and experience hundred degree temperatures and 50 mile an hour winds. So, so are you like, a t- are, you a t- are you a music tastemaker, Gene? Like what, what do you, what kind of concerts are you going to go to? So I'm like- just, just to let you know, uh, and this is like Just one of my highest. You know. This is one of my highest points of pride. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a competition with my 19 year old as to who can like pick the coolest band. So I'm that dad. <laughs> I'm obscure still, bands, right? No, it's mostly I'm mostly into like chill music, a little bit of EDM, but um, you know, kind of lounge chill. Uh, but yeah, I, I just. You know, Spotify just totally changed my life, and I just go down music wormholes. And my thing about music is kind of like golf equipment. You got to keep progressing forwards. You can't go back to the golden oldies. You know, you got to always be listening to new stuff, and that's what keeps you young. And I so, disagree. I disagree. I like it. This, this morning yeah, on the way after dropping my daughter off, I was listening to Nas. Illmatic, one of the greatest albums of all no, time. They, they, That's a classic. They have, their, they have their place, but if you're going to evolve, you oh, and stay young, you've always got to be listening to new music. You just oh have to. Gosh. Oh, listen, to listen old to man this guy. over here. Listen to this oh, guy. Man, oh, honestly, man couldn't find the Zoom link today. Now he's getting all crazy. You know what? There were three Zoom links. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I had to pick from three, and I picked the wrong one, and sat around in the Zoom room. You wondering know, if Coach had actually opened it up yet. The louder the you scream, the older you sound. That's all uh, I have. To I say. still get a newspaper gene. <laughs> I'm I'm inching that direction towards being <laughs> decrepit. See, I was I was really curious because, like, you know, I, I wanted to know. I want to know Gene's music taste. I know it's like we got, we got like a lot of golf stuff to talk about, but I'm like, I, I there was a time where I was I was rolling around with my Bluetooth speaker on the golf course with like Olivia Rodrigo or Rodriguez Rodrigo, like just black people were like what? And I'm like I don't care, like it's cool. Like I'll listen to like new pop music. I'll listen to like you know Jurassic Five. I'll listen to like all kinds of like old like old hip hop stuff. Like I'll listen to kind of everything. That's why I was curious. I'm like is 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 Gene gonna be stuck in his ways like a like a golf ball or? Is he- no, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's uh it's actually the opposite. Like I said, I. uh it's it's kind of funny i mean i go to these concerts and i don't even look like an undercover cop i just look like a cop compared to like the rest of the audience i mean a cop in overalls because see and that's why because like again it brought me back to like thinking about what we were going to talk about today is like 
you know, Taylor may brought back the burner and they're going back to the well for like the cool old gear. But in reality, it's there's a lot of new stuff going on with it, right? And I mean, they even like you got the flipped inside head cover. They got like I don't know. That's the coolest find of all on this RB. You you were the one. I I will fight anybody who says otherwise. But you were the one to find this little hidden Easter egg on the new burner mini driver. The thing was, and here's the here's the like this is and like some people tell me kind of teased it a little bit, but. The one thing was everyone kept saying to me, I remember Wade when I was on the truck and I got to take some pictures of it uh, last week, I think it was. And then uh, someone else said to you like, have you seen the head cover? Have you seen the head cover? And I was like, well, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the head cover. Like, I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I haven't actually physically seen it. And everyone's like, wait till you get it in your hands. And I was like, okay, like that's fine. And it's like all this old school retro, retro stuff. And I have an old burner fairywood head cover and I sitting in a, in a bag in my shop and it's flipped inside out. And I was standing, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, cause it, again, the, the sock isn't that long on. It's got a big, big barrel. And I thought, you know what? Maybe there's gotta be something else here. Cause yes, the head cover looks cool, but there's gotta be something else. Cause everyone keeps talking about it. And just inside of the head cover head is lined in, with money. I just, <laughs> That's what they just wanted head. you to find out. That's what it was. I jammed my hand in the head cover and I started to like, you know, turning it inside out. And I went, Oh my God, they did it. And then I had to keep it quiet. I couldn't. I couldn't tease anything. I thought I want to. If it, this is like the find the first person to kind of figure this out. Like I want to be the first person to post about it. And then I think we posted on on fully equipped, and I posted on my own as well with like the original head cover that I had, just so like people saw like the side by side. And then like fifteen minutes later, three or four more popped up on the internet. I was like, yeah, I got them. First yeah. one, plant that flag. It's, it's really cool. If you haven't seen the new TaylorMade Burner Mini Driver. Um, well, let's first define, let's first define what a mini driver is. So if you go all the way back to 2014, I guess, yeah, 2014, you had TaylorMade releasing the SLDR line and within the SLDR line was a club that came out around, I remember that year out on tour, it was, uh, around Doral when the WGC was there and they had this mini driver and I remember Dustin Johnson testing it and it just went way too far for him. Some of those guys, the, the mini driver didn't have a spot in the bag and other guys it did. And it was a, it was some said it was a smaller headed driver. Others said it was a larger headed fairway wood. It sort of fits in between the two for the golfer that maybe struggles with the driver. And I'm talking now more about the weekend golfers because it has a shorter shaft it's, you know, 43 and three quarters is about the length that you're going to find with the mini drivers. This one has a 304 CC head. It's got a little bit more adjustability than the previous, uh, than the original SLDR mini or the Aero burner mini, or even the 300 series, uh, the original one, which is the most recent mini driver that came out. It has two weight ports in the sole has one towards the forward, one towards the back, 13 in uh, 13 grams and 1.5 grams. And depending on where you position those weights, obviously heavier weight towards the back, higher launch, more spin, heavier weight towards the forward, lighter weight towards the back, you're going to get lower launch, lower spin. So they're adding more adjustability and the ability to, to fine tune this new mini, which I think is great because, you know, there are going to be golfers out there that are going to be using this instead of a driver because they like the shorter length they like the larger head it's bigger than a fairway it's easier to control so you, you have more of of that kind of new age tech but as rb mentioned it's got a lot of the 
classic designs. It it looks like the the uh, tie bubble two that was released in '98 that Marco Mira used to win the Masters. It has the the K sole design. So one of the knocks on previous mini drivers was that they were great to use off the tee, but not really all that great to use unless you were a, a an elite player to use off the fairway. And that was the knock on it. So this this K sole design was back from the original tie bubble two. They're re-releasing an updated version of it. And it's supposed to, as TaylorMade said, it's supposed to make turf interaction a little bit easier for those that want to use it off the turf. So I, I'm loving this. I love the retro look because it it has that copper in, in black colorway that a lot of us that grew up playing golf in the mid nineties that remember this, it, it's, it takes you back. As I said, it has a, it has a really heavy whiff of nostalgia when you look at this club, but I love that they're integrating some of this new technology into the, into the design. So it, it's, it is a retro kind of a modern retro club. And I think it's going to, I think this one's going to do really well. I, I would not be surprised if you see Taylor made saw a lot of these at retail because this one just, again, just has a little bit more tech than the previous versions. And I think some are going to buy into it that maybe in the past were like, eh, I could use it. Maybe not. And I'll probably I, just not buy it. I think it's a credit to Taylor Mates design team only because like I have some friends and I'm a millennial. I fit right into the category of like millennial. And a lot of the people uh, that I know, and I had a, I had a friend come over today to picked up a, a club from me to, to go hit and test it on the range. And uh, he was like, Oh, do you remember this when we were kids? And I was like, they, you know what I mean? It's just like, I've gotten old enough now where like things from my childhood are nostalgic. Like my original Nintendo, which is sitting next to me in my like TV cabinet. And like, people don't know what it is or my Nintendo 64, which is sitting here. And I'm like, Oh yeah, these are like, this was cool. when I was a kid, but like, this is actually like legit retro, but you made a really good point on it. And I'm actually going to, I'm curious. I know Eugene, you're going to say something from this. Let's take this offline guys, but a robot test of how, how far down can someone hit on the golf ball? where a three wood becomes more optimal because of center of gravity versus a full size 460 driver. Cause it is not just a driver cut down the actual size and shape really contribute to like better numbers. And we saw that uh, this past week at RBC where Tommy Fleetwood was up near the lead and he actually used it between his driver and his longest ferry wood to kind of get, to get around Harbor town a little bit and kind of hit shots. Cause it, one thing you didn't see is it was a little bit windy there during the week and to be able to hit that shot lower, I think, was pretty interesting. And I think for a lot of players, including some better players, it's going to be a beneficial club. Well, I, I was just saying, I think uh, I think we came up with a great test idea. And I hadn't even thought about what you just said, RB, but I like that adding. Let's do a um, let's do a burner versus a stealth two and just see what the overall performance qualities are so that we can, you know, allow our um our listeners to you know kind of find out what what the benefits and uh are of each and then uh to your point rb see about hitting this thing off the deck versus a three wood and 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 here's my theory on that uh you're gonna have to generate a lot of club head speed to get that thing up in the air and you know for most amateurs it's probably not going to be um as uh, effective as a three would but once you get over say maybe 110 miles an hour club head speed that's probably when you'll start seeing that thing come to life and um you know seeing some performance characteristics out of it uh that you know 
would match or maybe even exceed a, a, a three would at that point. Well, yeah, the weight, the, the, weight the nice thing positions, is the, though should help. I would think. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you bring up a good point, Gene, but I think if you jam that 13 gram weight in the back of the head, you probably have a better chance of getting it up in the air. If you're not, you know, over, if you're not over 110. at well, least that's, could, at least that could, would be we, my hope with this new, could, with this new soul design. That. Yeah, we could test I get, that. Totally. Exactly. Test yeah. it and see what happens. But yeah. I, I do, I, I think it's certainly going to be able to help if you're a golfer that's on the fence about this club. And, and being able to have it as a viable option off the fairway, I do think if you put that weight in the back, if you struggle with launch, that should give you at least at least a fighting chance to use it off the fairway. Yeah, and, and there is there's a, there's two lofts right. There's an eleven five and a thirteen point five for righties. So yep. for the if the if it's more of a fairway club, someone can kind of go towards that unless you're like a really fast player. Uh, but if you want it for a tee ball, mostly you could go to 11.5 and with a two degree tailor-made sleeve, you can loft all the way down to nine and a half, which could be basically as low as lofted as your driver. Well, the, the, the interesting thing too is, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're less than five, six grams of weight, you know, the differences we see sometimes are nominal as far as direction or, or as far as launch. 13 and a half grams is substantial. So that that would be fun to you know, pull that all the way back and see what kind of difference we get um, in, you know, launch differential on that. Now that this has become a complete and utter brainstorming session, uh, stay tuned because on social media, on the fully equipped page, I will be testing and I will put it on my little nail balance and I will test it in both weight positions with a, with the hosel in it. So, uh, and by the time you're listening, this is probably test. already going to be up because that's exactly what I'm doing when I get off this call. Um, but yeah, now I'm curious because I want to see the vertical, um, uh, CG projection on the face with the weight in the front and the back. So stay tuned uh, for that one or check it out already. If you haven't already seen it. Yeah. One other thing I do want to mention for my lefty brethren out there, this does come in left-handed, not in the 13, five, but it comes in the 11, five. Beggars can't we be haven't even, we, we haven't even talked about the shaft. They painted it copper. It's got like this. Sh- what is it? Someone's like, champagne copper, which I just love the name I, of it. Cause it just makes it sound so some, was getting some heat from people. So it's, it's a UST Mamiya pro four 65 and, and the colors are cool, but people were like, why don't they just do the burner design? And I'm like, uh, you don't want the burner design. You don't want the burner bubble. The burner bubble was, was cool to look at, but that thing was not stable. It not was the worst shaft. golf shaft to regrip in history. Was, I have to get new grips and it's a nightmare. So trust me, that's the bad idea. That's not a good yeah. idea. You don't want that. You don't want a part of this. It's like that uh, movie from, what is it? The line from Dewey Cox. Every time he wants to go do like drugs or something, he like walks in on like the Don, I think it was John, was it Don Cheadle or someone. He's like, no, it wasn't Don Cheadle. Um, but, but he walked in and he goes, you don't want no part of this Dewey. Well, let me tell you, you do not want any part of freaking regripping a bubble shaft ever, <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's that's something that I don't think anybody wants. I still remember the bubble shaft for me will always have a really negative connotation because I, I remember my dad got a three wood and I took it out on the golf course. We're both he and I are both lefties. And I remember I was a kid, I was probably six, probably 13 years old. It's two swings in, second swing, broke the club. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah. I was terrified that he was going to just jump down my throat. He's like, ah, it's gotta be the golf club. He was, but I, the whole way home, I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. I just, I just, just snapped his brand new club. And I was, I wasn't doing anything crazy, just normal swing. And and the thing just snapped. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we've got the Taylor Braid burner mini. The other recent release that I do want to discuss, although as this pod is 
coming out, it's already sold out. But there were a lot of people after John Rum won the Masters who said, when are they going to release the Odyssey white hot OG Rossi S putter? We want the carbon copy of Rom. So the the naked the naked top, so meaning no lines, no sight dots, nothing. They want the micro hinge star insert, which is not what comes on the a putter that's called the white hot OG. <laughs> that's that's where the kind of the original white hot insert is supposed to be there. But Rom likes a firmer feel. So he goes with the micro star or sorry, the micro hinge star insert and has the, the, you know, pretty classic pistol grip. And sure enough, Odyssey quietly released it on Wednesday and it sold out in a matter of minutes. So quiet. Like they didn't even like promote it. It was just like, I, 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 know, even, I haven't seen it on social thing. yet, but it was just like, yep. here it is into the world. And it was gone. Pretty, pretty clever, but. Very clever. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was gone. It was gone in a matter of minutes. And I, I'm not surprised. People have been clamoring for that. So it's it's come and gone. If you want one, go find it on I'm sure it's gonna be on eBay. Everybody that bought one is gonna although it was limit limit one per limit one per customer. So maybe some of those don't end up, end up on eBay. But if somebody's looking for a quick flip, yeah, they're gonna probably get a couple hundred bucks profit out of it. I'm sure they're they're gonna be selling for five hundred plus. And eBay. if anyone's Sorry. looking for more talk on that, uh, last week's podcast, we talked to uh, Joe Toulon about it. And he talked about kind of Rom's process of getting into that putter, which I actually really liked because it wasn't just so much about the fitting element, which was good, but also, and, and this is, you know, Gene, we've talked about this in the past as well, is like, he says, John is not someone who sees a lot of straight lines, kind of like, I'm kind of like the same way when it comes to my golf clubs. I don't, I kind of see curve and all this stuff. And I don't like a lot of angular uh, um, especially on my putter uh, in general. So he said like he, he wanted something that was rounded and kind of more quote unquote naturally shaped. And uh, that's the why he's had that putter. And that's why he's, he's continued to use it. He saw great success with it over originally. I think he had a two ball because uh, it fits his stroke and it fits his eye, which, you know, is, is one of those things that you can't always necessarily quantitate when it comes to trying to figure out what a player wants. But uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's a great looking putter. And I think, I think if it, you might see it, obviously they're doing this now, they already have the tooling. It's at this point, they, it's probably going to come out as like a retail release at some point. Cause mallet with flow neck, popular style. Yeah. You know, when I see a release like this, it makes me wonder. And I, I used to question Nike about this exact same thing, but do you remember when they released the, the replica of Rory's method putter. That was sick. And, <laughs> the, and they did the they, 006 or something. Cause it was like, yeah, a, 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 I don't want to say copy, but it was an homage to the Cameron 009. Yeah. And that thing went so fast. They did the same thing with tiger's driver. They came out with, with a limited release. I don't know why more manufacturers and, and this is sort of a, a reheated take. Cause I've said this before, but I still don't understand why, more manufacturers don't embrace limited releases. You, you can literally oh. set, you can set your number and it will sell out. There are, there are golfers out there that are willing to pay whatever number you want to put on some of these limited releases. I just don't understand why there are, why they don't release, release, you know, a custom. I mean, like for instance, uh, Xander's irons. Like if you, if you've got like the, you know, remember the original apex, prototypes that he had like why not release 
a limited run of those. I know, I, I do know for a fact those were crazy expensive to produce. So maybe you can't do the exact same production cycle as, as those irons, but why not come out with like an unbadged version like the Protos? I, yeah. I just think that it's a great way to really satisfy that, that itch that those true gearheads have that want that, you know, quote unquote tour product, give them an opportunity to buy, you know, a limited number of, of some of these products. I, I have a, I have a question for Gene about uh, timelines of manufacturing. Cause I feel like you've got a lot more experience in that, uh, that kind of realm. Cause that's the one thing mm-hmm. I've always been curious about. Cause you know, we've, mm-hmm. you've seen the Adam Scott irons and, and stuff like that. Like we've kind of teased people have teased them and then they eventually come out to retail. Um, but, but before I asked, like officially asked that question, you know, we are talking about John Rom's putter. The one thing we can't also not forget no, is John Rom's grips, and those are the Golf Pride MMCs, which he uh, he used recently. Now, Golf Pride isn't you know that this isn't in the copy. They can't really tell you this because uh, they don't pay players to use their stuff, but I can, and I'll tell you that that's exactly the grip that he uses. And the great thing about the MMC is the fact that it has the hybrid cord technology. So you've got cord in the upper hand where you wear a golf club. And then on the bottom hand, where you want a little bit more traction, something a little bit softer, it's a great option for for players who want kind of the best of both worlds, especially when you're playing in different weather conditions. And, you know, a tournament where there was a lot of weather conditions was the Masters. And, you know, John, what happened to one there as well? And uh, they did do a really cool Masters edition grip with that and the Align. So I don't know if they still have any left in stock, but you can go check it out at uh, golfpride.com. But, you know, before we get to that, because there's a little offer that we're going to throw in here as well. If you're looking for... You know, full core grip, they also have that with the Z grip. If you're looking for something that is softer, like in the lower hand of the MMC, there's also the CPX and the CP2, which both offer a lot of shock absorption as well as traction within an all rubber grip, which when you do have, you know, less grip pressure, you're able to swing the club easier. Tests prove that you're able to swing the golf club faster, which equates to more distance. And as well, which is always really important, comfort you know it is the only connection you have between you and your golf clubs so when you have the grip that fits in your hand properly it fits the texture that you like fits fits the size that you like because there are a lot of different tapers involved if you look at the cp2 it is a little bit less taper grip for people that that prefer that you also have grips in the cpx that go all the way from undersized all the way to oversized so there are all kinds of options when it comes to bringing up grip size and if you're curious you can go to golfride.com and use the code fully equipped to get free shipping on your next order. There is no minimum. You're not required to purchase, say, 13 grips of one brand. So if you want to try a whole bunch of different grips out before you commit to putting grips on your entire set of golf clubs, it's a great way to do it. And that is a code F-U-L-L-Y-E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D. Head over to golfpride.com to check that out. That is available for all U.S. orders with no minimum purchase required. And thanks for Golf Pride for sponsoring the pod. Can I tell you why I'm so happy that you're back doing the ad reads? Because last week, last week, yeah, last week, this asshole right here, that would be me, decided to just say, you know what, use promo code fully equipped for 20% off your order. I don't even know what what I'm doing. Like, that's why I just leave it to you. So when RB's not here, I I have no clue what I'm doing with these ad reads. I just sort of, I sort of wing it. His segues were atrocious. Shut up. (laughs) I I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it from, from uncle Gene on, on the ad reads. My ad reads do suck, but I don't, I don't need a reminder about that. So, but but my question is Gene, like, I'm curious because like, again, 
speaking of grips and this is not like a, a joke or everything i got to when we got i get to go to uh, golf pride's headquarters in piners to see like how they injection mold and do prototype grips and all stuff i was fascinated to me that was more fascinating than like the cool putting green course they had in the office and all this stuff because i find how something is physically made and comes to like the idea before it gets into production because i know that all the golf engineers when we go talk to them about clubs that are there showing us those are years in the making and it's like okay well, what are you guys working on now which i never tell you anyways right but like when someone comes to you with an idea or they said we have a prototype, how quickly can have you seen that they can go to production now? And has that really changed throughout the years, like being able to be a lot faster, even though stuff is at this case now produced overseas versus more in North America, like, you know, ping iron just to be cast in, in Phoenix. So it's, it's really interesting that you ask that back in the wild West days, um, uh, companies would be rushing sales samples to the pga show and they didn't have designs locked down for march shipments yet i mean it was it was nuts and you know i mean even callaway back in the day with the big bertha i mean it was it, it was like weeks if not months before they released it that they finally decided on the on the right you know weight placement or foaming for for sound now Everything is much more um, kind of corporate, whereas everything's locked into place right now in manufacturing for 2024. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, short of a, just a total train wreck, everything has to be in the can at least a year in advance. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite as exciting as it was because it used to be fun where, I mean, I was usually slammed, and this is up until 10, 15 years ago, I was usually slammed the month before the show because companies were coming to me with test pro prototypes, trying to figure out what they were going to launch at the show and you know what they were going to show people. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's almost like the fashion industry now, everything's predetermined what's going to happen and, and, and what's going to come out. And to be honest, it's, it, you know, it's so corporate, it's so based on distribution and, you know, products are almost too big to fail at this point. It, you know, they, they, they've got such a, such a runway, they have to go through so many testing protocols. So that's why, you know, from a listener standpoint, very rarely do you see failures in marketplace. Now, you used to see those quite a bit. You don't see those anymore. And one of the main reasons is they've just created too many institutional checks to ensure that that doesn't happen because the the potential for failure is so much higher now because you're releasing so much more product. So, um, you know, it was common too back in the day that you'd see mid uh, mid launch changes. You know, if a, if a club wasn't turning over, suddenly they'd start putting a little bit more weight in the heel to get that club to turn over. I mean, we saw that all the time. So, you know, there was a lot more, it, the industry was a lot more dynamic back in the day. Now it's pretty buttoned up and it needs to be. And it's just simply a function of the fact of how many units they're pushing. And, you know, you, you don't have a, you don't have a um, speedboat anymore. You have a super tanker. And as a super tanker, it's really tough to pivot that thing. So once that gets moving in one direction, you're, you're pretty much going with it.
the re I, cause I find it cause like the two stories that I've always thought of one was the, the rumor was always that when the R11 came out, it was all white. They were basically like a, the first couple of weeks of the sales on those and pre-sales and all that stuff. If it didn't go according to plan, they spent a ton of money. They shut down Times Square to have Sergio and DJ hit balls into some net there. Like it was nuts. Like the marketing that was around that driver that if it didn't work and they, it's a funny thing too, if you can go back, I think it's like Sergio and, and they look like, um, they look like they're in clean suits because they're all just, they're all completely decked out in white. They're all white Adidas because they're both like at the time, like Adidas athletes. And they apparently was like, if it didn't work, they could push a button and basically like <laughs> the white driver was going to disappear and everything coming out of the, the manufacturing was going to be uh, black instead. And they were just going to completely abandon it. Obviously that is not the case. And they stuck with white for a long time, but you make a good, uh, really interesting was the burner. And I know we're going to touch on this because burner was, is like something that uh, another player re who recently won with had, but the original, when it, the burner came back, when it had the red sole, like not the, the I think it was like 08 or 09, and it was like the more rounded shaped head. The very, very first ones at retail were a different shaped head. And that actually became the Tour Issue version one, which was considered the lower spinning option. It had a different face shape. It was actually lower in the heel and it was not quite as rounded. Because um, I know that my golf store where I worked got both versions. Like it was the same drive, exact same driver. You could like marketing bottom of the sole looked exactly the same. You held up two, two of these drivers and one had a flatter sole and one had more curvature. And one was considered like the lower spin option that ended up becoming a tour head. And so I do, I do find it. You don't, you don't see that at all anymore. It's all like tour shoe stuff or it comes out to the retail, but uh, yeah, it is. I think people think that it, it happens like overnight, like they're just flipping switches and this stuff is happening, but it's, it's planned way out in advance. And Jonathan, like, you know, we go to the we go to the OEMs every year at the beginning of the year and like this is so cool we're so excited and then you know at the end of the meeting the microphones get turned off and they all go yeah wait till you see what we got next year and I was like okay well great they thanks always, guys yeah, well I'll, 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 tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a great story about that that I just remembered was you know talk about changing the you know the course of the industry so you know I think I told you you know Dick Helmstetter came out you know first thing pulled out from the trunk of his BMW and handed me, you know, this head and said, we're going to call this the big Bertha, you know, when we're going to launch this thing. And I was the only one testing it for the first like three months before they launched it. But here was the wild part of the story for about the last three weeks, they were getting all of this criticism because you got to remember persimmon was the main product that they were competing against back then and everybody sounded said it sounded like a coke bottle when you hit it that ping and you know it sounded like you were hitting something with a coke bottle and they were freaking out about that freaking out about it and they were coming to me with foam and they were trying to deaden it and they were doing all these things but at the same time not affecting its performance and it got right up to the date they were going to ship. I mean, like, you know, they were there. And Ely, in one of the, I think, most consequential moves, not only for Callaway, but for the golf industry, you know, the head of R&D came down and said, Ely said, that's our sound. We're going with it. And he... uh he, he he made the call that it was going to be distinct and different than Persimmon. And sure enough, that's what ended up launching that product and launching the company. So, you know, everybody in the company was trying to mitigate the sound. And sometimes, 
you have to make a bold move. And in making that bold move, you end up, you know, redefining the direction of the company, if not the industry. All right. I want to talk about Spencer Levine. That's a nice segue. What a pivot. I know. I know. <laughs> Where's our segue guy? There are, there are no segues on this one. Is, is Spencer Levine, Spencer Levine needs no segue. Spencer Levine needs no segue. So, I mean, does everybody out there listening to this pod know who Spencer Levine is? I would hope so. I had a couple of messages on social saying, are you going to talk about Spence's putter? So, Spencer Levine was uh, a mainstay on tour for, man, I would say like five, seven, five, six, almost seven a, years. Yeah, it's almost a decade. Like, I mean, yeah. after, because he, what, did he win the USAM or did he, did he come second place? But he was in the finals. Like, he, you know, we're going to look it up, but he was, he was a very, very like well known amateur and then played on tour and played on tour for a long time. Uh, and still plays obviously on the like plays on the corn ferry tour. And that's where, what do we look at? It was what was it? 15 years. His first, his first tour win in 15 years, he's 38 years old, had no status has been Monday qualifying. He Monday qualified for, uh, Shriners, the tour event in Vegas, the end of last year. And that's where we got our first glimpse of Spencer's equipment setup. And, I think this is the cool part about Corn Ferry. You and RB, you and I need to spend more time out on Corn Ferry because I feel like there are stories like this that just need to be unearthed. But you know, when you're playing on the the AAA circuit of pro golf, there's there's not much as much money out there when it comes to equi- equipment endorsement deals. So you don't see a ton of guys playing with with full bag setups unless it's really worth it. And you know Spencer wasn't wasn't a full time Corn Ferry Tour member, and so he's you know rolling around with a with a nondescript black stand bag, and inside that bag are some really cool clubs. Now he does have some relatively new Wilson Staff irons and some uh, Cleveland RTX wedges, you know. So he does have some new gear, but it's the old stuff. Big surprise here. That really gets me going. It probably gets you going too, RB. He has two original burner TP fairway woods. Things are hot. And, they were hot. Oh, man, they were hot. 13 and a half and 17 and a half degrees. But it's not so much the fact that he's using these original burner TPs. It's that they have the original shafts still in there. Remember the Fuji Rombacks, the React shafts? Yeah, the like the bright red and uh, yellow ones. Actually, yeah. it's funny. I went I went used club shopping a little uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and bought a bunch of stuff. But they had the there was an I think there was it was an R seven TP, and I lifted it up, and it's still and that's I think is when I buy used golf clubs, I'm always looking for the original shaft in it because I know that someone hasn't like pulled it and done a whole bunch of like wax stuff to it just in case. Uh, but there was an R seven TP, and it had the Reax TP shaft in it, and there was a R seven TP fairway wood. That had the reacts, but that was a different one. That was like a Vista or something like that. But uh, I was like, oh man, that's sweet. I haven't seen one of these in a long time. You can still see like the the out, outer like weave on it and all that stuff. I thought that was really, I, again, it's still one of those like cool looking shafts. And that was when TaylorMade was painting everything on tour 
the same shaft color. And then, you know, the, they asked the manufacturers to do that too. So when they sold the retail one, they all looked exactly the same, but the TP one was the real Riaz. Yep. And it was, it was, it said co-designed on their co-design that that react shaft was co-designed between TaylorMade and Fuji. When you think of rombacks, who's the one player that comes to mind? I already know. I already know the one that comes to mind when you think of rombacks. The, part of me wants to be like uh, Goosen a little bit, but my like first immediate thought is is actually like um, Rory and Scott. Yeah, that's, no, that's like two players. Rory, but because Rory's they mine. Had, is they had the 95 Rombacks in like the Fairywoods forever. Yep. I got one of those shafts kicking around in, in a, in a Fairywood. It's a great uh, shaft, actually, but Rory's the guy it's for dope. me. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I played in like a five wood slash like seven wood because it just, it just worked. Uh, it was I really had heavy. a five wood as well. So like not a lot of, not that I'm like probably the best player to be using a 95 gram Fairywood shaft, but it worked for that golf club. And that's the one that I always think of. But I had, I had a Rombax like seven W O something and they were like bright colored. And like, these are like the, the Fuji ones, like the imported ones. Uh, and there was like, they had yellow and they had blue ones and they had all these like really funky colors. And even like they had some players, quite a few players on the city LPGA tour as well that were like using lighter weights in the Rombax when lightweight wasn't like super popular, but that, I mean, that's kind of a side tangent to like what, uh, what Spencer had in the bag. Yeah. Well, in addition to the, to the burner TP fairways, he was, and this is probably the most interesting piece of gear. He has a hammy putter. And I, I can promise you maybe less than 10% of our, of our listeners out there know hammy. I mean, they, this putter came out in 2004. It was designed around this triple bend shaft. And in addition to having this triple bend shaft, it was, it was a long putter. And it had a split grip. And we just don't see a lot of split grips. I mean, when you when you look at Spencer putting with this thing, he looks like Happy Gilmore. And he has he has the foresight. Like the PJ Tour did a video with him last year in Vegas. And he even made fun of you know the way that he putts with it because he's like, hey, you know, looking like Happy Gilmore out there. But he does with that split grips, meaning instead of having one consistent grip, there's a smaller part at the top and then a longer section towards the bottom. So you, you hold it with your hands split apart and putt. I mean, it, it, he looks like happy Gilmore out there. It's an old putter. He, I think he said that his dad had it for like 30 years and he found it in a shed and decided to roll some putts with it. And he's like, ah, cool. I'll just put a, put a fresh grip on it and, and see what happens. And he's kept it in the bag, but Again, it's the the putter always seems to be that one club for a lot. I mean, I shouldn't say everybody for for a lot of pros where it's sort of that that talking piece in the bag. Like if you're going to talk about one like if if there's going to be one that's going to be sort of a conversation starter, it's usually the putter. I mean, you look at Jordan Spieth, you look at Tiger, all these guys with with putters they've had in the bag for ages. You know, Spencer Levine dusts off an old hammy putter that's almost what 20 years you old 2004 2000 yeah 20 years old 2000, 2004 yeah yeah so i mean it's you know it's had a lot it's had it's had a lot of use over the years but it just happens to find its way from his dad's shed into his bag and then he uses it to win on the corn Ferry tour it's just a cool story spencer's an interesting guy we'd love to have him on the pot at some point but his gear setup is is eclectic i think that's the best way to describe it 
you know, Tiger Woods had a backup putter herself for like, I don't know, a lot was it 50 grand, some, some ungodly amount of money. It was was six figures. The yeah. ball, the freaking ball signed was like sixty grand or something. Yeah, but like, sixty grand I'll, for the Masters ball from from I'll tell you, win. I'll tell you right did. now, you do not have to worry about Spencer Levine's hammy putter or some type of backup selling for you know more than forty nine dollars at a used club store. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> the uh, in like the only the only other person I can remember ever using it was Natalie Goldbus, and I think when they first came out. She was actually yep. a paid endorser of the product. Um, as I honestly, I couldn't. There was some some PGA pro hacks, all kinds of golf junk. <laughs> Sorry, um, was like they used to have the commercials and stuff. But she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, split grip, blah 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 stuff." And like, it's not that it doesn't work. Obviously, it's unconventional. But for some players, I think again, similar to like the round putting style or putting shape or whatever. I dominance and I know a guy who does coaching on the tour and he, he has a putting app and all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's actually very, very clever. But one of the things he talks about all the time is, is eye dominance and putting and your head and where it sits and like learning to focus and all these different things. Um, it's a, it's a pretty interesting little like science that goes behind like how your eyes focus and level focus and distance and focal length and all these things. But for him, I, I bet you there's something to it with like his body position and his eyes that allows him to really set up uh, the way he does. And, you know, it's uh, it's custom to him, but it, it works. And, you know, hey, he won. And congr- again, congratulations to him. Dude, not only Monday qual- win the Monday qualifier, which is extra golf on top of it that week, which is competitive golf, which is not just like going out and hanging out with your buddies, but to do that and then, then win, a, a, you know, at any level, that's not easy. So, you know, after 15 years of grinding, good on him. Good on Spencer. Yeah, for sure. Congrats to Spencer on the win. All right, so we have an interview this week with Mike Fox from TaylorMade going over their new My Symbol program. It's, I mean, the coolest part about this, and you know, again, we'll let Mike do all the all the talking. But they're removing or allowing for the removal of the play number, meaning the number below the the company's logo. So instead of having to have a one, two, three, or four, you could have a taco logo or a dog face, or, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of logos that you can choose from. It's, it's a really cool way to customize your golf balls. Anyway, but before we get into that interview, RB, I was debating whether I was, I would let you gloat on this, but I do want people to know you're going to be, you're going to be gone for, for a little bit. You're going on a trip. Where are you going? Yeah. I'm leaving you guys to to run the show here. I mean, not that I ever ran it in the first place. Terrifying. <laughs> Gene, Gene, Gene and Jay wall for another week. That's what, oof. what could go wrong? That's that, that's, that's my line, but yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? Plenty. Yeah. Um, I, I could give I'm, a 20% off uh, promo yeah, yeah. code. <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm finally, uh, I, I, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I've always said that I like, I want to do it when I'm able to. And, uh, you know, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to St. Andrews. I'm going to line nice. up like everyone else, and I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play the old course, and already got some other golf lined up uh, very close to the area. It's not a lot of it's not a golf focused trip. Go with my wife. We're going to do a lot of other stuff. Um, but uh, you know, to give a to give a quick shout out to someone, uh, Jim Hartzell wrote a book um, about uh, the law. Like he he lost his son last year, the year before, um, and he spent a lot of time in Scotland with a lot of his friends over there. And he said something in the book that was like, you know there's never a perfect time to do something. So like do it. And I was like, 
screw it. Like, you know, I've, I've wanted to for a long, long time. And so, um, I just said, I said to my wife, like, do you want to go do this? Like, you know, no offense to new Orleans or Mexico, but like, there's a, there's a time in the schedule here. We, yep, I got the it. opportunity, like, let's, the weather's going to be good. Like, like it's not going to be perfect summer weather. So it's not gonna be like overly expensive to go and like stay in some of the places where you're going to hit peak season and then let's just do it. And so, yep, I'm going to, we're leaving on, um, leaving on this week, going to do, uh, Scotland for five, four or five days, I think it is. And then uh, gonna do Dublin. And there is zero golf in Ireland, I'll tell you right now. Uh, maybe another day, maybe another time. Uh, but a lot of uh, eating and uh, enjoying ourselves. So, uh, yeah. And with that, you know, that, that leads to a question. So I'm doing, very excited to do that. Um, and I wanted to mention Jim's book because it was um, when Revelation comes is the book is the book title. Um, it's a pretty cool book. Um, again, talks about loss, but a lot of other things that, you know, kind of are related to life and a lot of golf in Scotland, which I thought was very cool. Um, but packing golf clubs, people ask all the time. And this is, I know we get, they got a question on this, uh, on the, on social. The trick is here's the, here's the little thing, everybody. So let, let's, let's each, let's each give our like favorite tip or trick for yeah, traveling with your golf clubs. I got to brag, I got to do the brag, but like, you know, this does relate into like a topic that someone asked and that is how to pack your golf clubs for a trip. Take the damn heads off your golf clubs. Take them off. It's so simple. And look, yeah. I know if you're not a gear nerd, and I did this, I did this for my wife's club because I don't play like I don't use her clubs all the time. And I got them set up with like the adjustable hosels. I took a little sharpie and I wrote on the the butt cap of the grip what the hosel setting is of her driver, so I could remember it because I know mine. That's easy. Um, but like, take the club heads off, put them in the bag. And what I did was I went to like an army surplus store and I bought a, an ammo box and you can buy ammo boxes in all different types of sizes. Now I don't, I, I don't need ammo cause I don't have weapons, <laughs> but they're hey, hard. You do they your take, golf clubs, your driver. Yeah. My, it's that's my, yeah, it's my weapon uh, for sure. Um, and you take the heads off, put them, take, put either you put them in the head cover or throw them in like a, like a couple layers of bubble wrap, put them in an ammo box, put it in the bottom of your travel bag and then use a stiff arm because then there's no compression where the head and the shaft meet. And this is like really important for people who are traveling with like lightweight golf shafts, you know, 50, driver shafts are 40, 50 grams at this point. Um, my always driver shaft is 45 grams. If the head was on there and it took one thing, it's going to snap, right? It, it, they're designed to take torsional impact from a golf ball, but they are not designed to take impact on the end and, and put pressure like that. So take the heads up, put them in a box, put them in a, an ammo box or some soft, like a hard box within your travel bag. It adds very little weight and the risk of breakage goes way, 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 way down. Nothing worse than getting to the first tee and going to pull your head cover off your driver and you just pull the head off the driver shaft, uh, which I've seen happen many, many times. So that is my trip. That is my tip uh, and use a stiff arm and a proper travel bag. Yeah, that was going to be mine as well, but I'll pick another one, which is if you're going to be playing golf, even if you're going to someplace like Scotland or Ireland where you might be battling the elements, you're still going to bring sunscreen with you. One, check your sunscreen. Make sure that it hasn't expired because that's that's something that I've like people are like, oh yeah, I got some sunscreen here. I'm like, man, that bottle looks kind of old. Has the thing expired? Because the same way that you wouldn't use a prescription, you know, it's not it's not gonna be uh it's not it's gonna what do they call that when after like after the expiration date for prescription? That's before date. Well, I no, don't, it's I don't like know what prescription is. Yeah. Anyway, like for, for medications and stuff, like after after the expiration date, it's it's basically just it you're not going to get the same effects that you would yeah. if it was within that date. It's the same deal with, with sunscreen. 
Like if you use expired sunscreen, you're, you're not going to be getting the same effects with that sunscreen. I can promise you I've done it before with expired. Not good. The other thing, if you're going to take sunscreen along, which you should for your skin, make sure you put it in a plastic bag. (laughs) Seriously. Like take it from somebody who has not done that. Put your sunscreen in a damn plastic bag and, and be grateful for that. So there are my, there are my two tips, both on sunscreen. It is very important, but it's also very important that you don't open up your travel bag and have white sunscreen all over the place. I've done that. You're welcome. I, I, I've got a, I've got a real simple one. It's called ship sticks. Forget about it. Yeah, let, there it let, is. That's what I was going to ask let, RB if he was shipping or. I don't, I, don't, I, don't no. time, I don't have time for stinking golf clubs hauling them around. I'm too old for that <laughs> crap. Just, just give them to FedEx and let them ship them. And you know what? They show up. the The pro shop is like, Mr. Parenti, your clubs are here. Why? Thank you. And as soon as I finish the round, Mr. Parenti, here's the label. We'll see you later. Bye. That's just too easy. Too. Makes too much sense. I'm doing that. I'm doing it on the way back because I'm not dragging the clubs to Ireland. Smart so, um, yeah. someone who is someone who is very, very helpful, um, who lives in St. Andrews, works in St. Andrews uh, in the golf business, reached out on Instagram. I'm actually going to be playing golf with him one day while I'm there at a course he's a member at. No, it's it's not a fancy club, but most people would kind of know about it. it's in the area. Um, I don't want to give it a, give away anything, but um, he was like, "Well, why don't you just ship them from the shop? And we, well, we'll go play the, the the day that we play, and then uh, we'll pack them in your gear, and, and I'll just ship them from my shop, and you pay the shipping rate, and I'll ship them home." And I was like, "That is sick. <laughs> I will take that. It's too late to ship them there, but I will definitely ship them back. Uh, I might beat them home. We'll see. But yeah, uh, yeah it's a it's a good little trip. Uh, I like that. I, I you know it's the, kind of the halfway, but yeah, just make sure you take your clubs. Off. Oh, if you're gonna take your heads off, bring a damn wrench." <laughs> You don't want to yeah. be sitting there going, I can't screw my clothes back together. What one more bonus tip? Air tags from Apple. Oh, load it up. Throw toss toss an air tag in your travel bag, and you can keep tabs on where your golf clubs are if you're traveling with them. So very, it's very just a true. good good peace of mind if you ever wonder if your your golf clubs have gone missing. At least you at least you can kind of have a general idea of where they are. Just throw an, an air tag. They're cheap. Anyway, all right. As I mentioned, we have an interview this week with Mike Fox. He's the senior category director for golf balls for TaylorMade going over the new My Symbol program. Let's get to it. All right. Well, I will say that customization and personalization in the golf space has never been more popular. So to talk about it, got to get one of my favorite people on the planet on the day, senior category director for golf balls. I got it right at TaylorMade yeah. Golf. Mike Fox. Fox, what's up, man? How are you? Oh man, I'm doing great. It's awesome to to hear from you. It's great to see you. It's great to be on the pod. Um, you're one of my favorite people on the planet too. And the RB is quickly becoming a, a personal favorite as well. So let's let's talk about personalization because tailoring for me has been doing it on a different level, especially in the last couple of years. You know, you look at the Pix golf ball and and what that sort of spawned off into. You've got the the My Stealth 2 program where you can cut now customize the driver. I mean, all different ways for the customization. But the golf ball really, to me, is is where it started and it continues to grow. And now you have this program that's coming out that's going to just take that customization to another level. What what the heck is this My Symbol program? Yeah, so I, I appreciate the insights and the and the. Uh, the respect given to picks 
that really was a special project for us. Um, the collaboration with, with Ricky, the first PGA tour win or first European tour win with a visual product like that with Fleetwood this last year. It's incredible. Um, yeah, just as a, as a history, this is what TaylorMade does. I've worked here for 18 years. I've worked on multiple categories. I've been in golf ball for seven, but before that on the club team, we talk about form and function. Thing has to perform incredibly well, but it has to look incredibly, um, well also. That's what we do as a company. But for golf ball, uh, the line used to be they're all white round and sit on the ground. And that's just not a thing anymore. You know, we're approaching where over 50% of our golf ball business will be a non-stock white product. Products will continue to perform incredibly well, but if we can use personalization and customization and alignment aids to improve your performance also, it just adds an entire new space. And that's what TaylorMade does. We use visual cosmetics. We use performance to just help the golfer not just have more fun, but also play better golf. And it's not just all picks. It's not just all stripe, which is the, the new alignment technology we launched last year. Personalization is a big thing as well. And my symbol is doing it in a way that honestly no one's ever done before in golf ball. It's truly allowing you to design your own product and put logos in places and personalize your golf ball in a way that no one's been able, um, no one's ever looked at before. So when, when did my symbol start? Cause you and I actually, we had a discussion last yeah. year about this and I've, I've been, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I know that it doesn't, it, when you come up with a program like this, you can't just flip the switch. No, you've, you've got, you've got to build everything up, the manufacturing, everything up behind the scenes. When, when did you all first start talking about my symbol and trying to be a bit more ambitious in this space? And how long has it been going on behind the scenes to get to this point? Yeah, it's been, uh, at this point, five years in the making. So for us, our golf ball business at TaylorMade really started taking off in 2017 with the launch of TP5 and TP5X. That ball put us on the map. It, it catapulted us in market share and awareness on tour, and it's just been incredible growth ever since. At that time, we had a program called My Number. And it's where you could pick one or two numbers that put on a golf ball and you could order it. And the way we did that was we ran it through production equipment and we created something called Kanban where we basically would produce every single number on TP5 and TP5X, double zero to 99. And we just keep a stock. Um, and you go to our factory in Liberty, South Carolina, and you would just see racks and racks of golf balls that we would keep. Um, and as they ran out, we'd replenish it. Supermarket, supermarket model. And once our golf ball business took off, my number took off as well. And we had a request to do more my number product. And someone at the time who ran our logo ball business said, hey, we're too big to run custom number this way. Um, we can't keep up and keep breaking into production equipment. Back in 2015, 14, when our golf ball business was small, it was easy to stop production, run a couple of 77s or 23s or whatever it was and then put them on the racks and then go back to production. When you're making millions of golf balls a year, you can't take down mass production equipment to make six dozen, you know, double zeros. It's just not realistic, but we knew the demand was there. Um, we had a survey at the time said almost 70% of golfers in our database um, were interested in a custom number. We said, okay, we know the market wants it. We know customization personalization is a trend. 
but we can't manufacture it right now. So we did what, um, you know, what we do at Tamade. We, we took that as a challenge and we got to work and we built a piece of digital machinery that's been multiple years in the making. Nothing like this existed before. Um, so we, we built it out from scratch and we now have a way to basically design the entire golf ball at once. So when you design your product on our website, um, we'll produce the TaylorMade stamp, the logo underneath it, the logo on the side, the colors, and it gives us flexibility that's never happened before. Because the way logos work previously with us or with everybody, for the most part, you're using pad print, but whatever. It's You have a completed golf ball, and then you put whatever logo you want on the side, and that's customization. Yeah, we did the custom numbers, but as you heard, it's super cumbersome. But now, being able to design the entire, every type of embellishment all at once around the product gives us flexibility that's never happened before. So what it's really done is it's opened up two things that have been really unique. The first one is you get to pick the color of your TaylorMade logo. Um, and it might sound silly, but it was actually something, since we made the balls of stock, you couldn't do prior. But being able to pick the color of your TaylorMade logo, one is challenging because we actually have to submit every different color of the TaylorMade logo to the USGA. Um, to them, that's a, a, a performance identifier. Yeah. So we have six colors uh, on five and five X. So 12 unique submissions that have to go with the USGA. So that's a big piece. But what's also cool is since we're making the product to order, you no longer need a number, a number is not is a cosmetic identifier with the USGA. So they don't need to check it. And it technically doesn't need to be a number. So we did what we do. Besides getting the work, we took the consumer need of, hey, I want a custom number, but exceeded their wildest expectations. So it's not just a two-digit number anymore. It's now four characters. So if you want to do hashtag JW, you can do that. If you want to do the year you were born, 1988, right, right, John? Yeah, um, Um, you can do that. So you can do whatever you want. You want to run out three dollar signs? That's fine. It's now no longer a pick two numbers just like everybody else. You get four characters to work with. But we said, hey, why stop there? If this is a, a position, we can put whatever we want there. Why not use it as a logo position? So that opened up a whole new deal, and we qualified over 100 different logos for people to choose from. So if you want to play the TaylorMade Heart Ball, if you want to play the TaylorMade American Flag Ball, if you want to play the TaylorMade, um, you know, whatever it might be within these 100, you want to put your state on there, the Texas flag or whatever it is. These are all options that you can now play. But what's cool is it's not that big, cumbersome logo that you might have on the side of the product. A lot of times when we see those logos on the side of golf ball, it's more collector or commemorative or it's something you buy at a golf course that you played in Hawaii one day, right? You buy it at Pebble Beach. It's not something you want to play every single day. Um, so being able to put that little logos there is a way to personalize your product without having it be potentially distracting or look commemorative. And that's a really cool option for, for golfers out there that they've never had before. So, so with that, you, you spoke of the, like the technology to actually make it. So is it, was it a printing thing? Was it like, like, as I know you talked about the pad print and I think to, to yeah. the way that I would describe that is like this little tiny micro stamp goes into like some ink and then wipes yeah. and then it goes on the golf ball. And it's kind of crazy to, when you actually see those, that process take place and you're like all these tiny little like urethane balls that are going down this thing are all getting lined up and they're all getting going through this process. It's kind of crazy, but to be able to create that and create the detail that's available in a lot of these logos, 
is it a print and then finish process because they are done in in the states at your plant that mm-hmm. allows you to go through that process because to me i find like how it happens <laughs> way more interesting because like you said it doesn't just it doesn't just come out of thin air to be like oh yeah we're gonna cool. print on one of the smallest pieces of sports equipment possible and then we're going to give you a ton of options and we're going to give you a bunch of colors yeah uh i love you guys because the how it's done is the most interesting part and uh you know i'm talking with essie i think we're going to try and have you down in our ball plan um somewhere in the fall this year um in preparation for the 24 launch so getting to really see it done i'll try and describe it the best i can i think you did a nice job describing pad print pad print is a 60-year-old technology. Um, it's done on everything from water bottles to pens to whatever. And it's just like you said, it's a silicon pad that picks up some ink, um, dips it in a cliche or a uh, an etching to get the image, and then puts it onto the golf ball, transposes it onto the golf ball, um, and then wipes it clean. I'd say over the last five years, digital technology's gotten a lot better. Um, so that pad print has been... Yeah, let's say 75 replace, 75% replaced with digital. But again, that works just like a printer. You put a golf ball into basically a tray and a print head kind of runs over it. Um, what we're talking about is a, is a, a piece of equipment. Um, those other machines I'm talking about could fit on your, uh, on your nightstand. Um, this is something that takes up a couple rooms because as you mentioned, you can't do this after the process. If you really want to put the golf, if you really want to make it the right way, you got to do it underneath clear coats. So, and you really want to do it the right way. You got to do it on fresh golf balls, fresh golf balls before the urethane fully cures. It's way more susceptible to ink to improve the durability. You throw a couple clear coats layers over it and it looks like a brand new manufactured product. You're not doing post embellishment. You're making a golf ball, you know, so why market when you can make it or that's what you're really doing. This isn't, this isn't post embellishment. This is truly designing a product and making it to order. Um, because the product, even when you put your logos on it, is 75% of the way done. We still need to throw it back through the cures, back through the UV rooms, back through, uh, the paint lines and the clear coats, uh, to make sure this is finished to get you the best product you can. And then the machinery that we're using to develop this, is the combination of a multiple different machines really built up from scratch. One, those logos need to be in the same place every single time because we want to put our logos on the, on the seam so they look perfect and they, and they sit perfectly. So having the alignment component, um, within machinery is, is a piece here. I'm being a little careful not to give out anything too proprietary on how we're doing this, but basically then, you won't um, tell anyone, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Perfect. Right. We're all in the, this podcast anyway. We're all on the trust tree here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then we're able to print it all and then we're able to cure the inks and, you know, it's a combination of a lot of really cool things to be able to produce everything at once. Um, and that's the key. It's not trying to do this post embellishment, but really producing everything at the same time. And that machine didn't, didn't exist. Um, so being able to make something that can align and print and cure and, and do all these things, um, really opened up a lot of capabilities, but it's the right way to do it. If we're serious about this, which we are, and we know the market's as big as this is, and you know, people want to order not just golf balls for themselves, but you go into your local country club and you want to order them for your tournament, or you might see this as like your stock logo at your club. Um, it's just, it's a, we need to figure out how to mass produce this. And like I said, when you're down in Liberty, I think when you see it, um, I think it's even more impressive than, than I can describe. 
I think I, I can distinctly remember going back to like my retail golf days and there, there was like a couple stores in our chain and they had this like ball printer and you would yeah. load, you would yeah. load a dozen golf balls into it and you would have to physically line them up and you could pick like up to four characters, you put basically like someone's name or initials or something like that. Yeah. And we charged like 25 bucks for this at the time and it would take like forever. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we've come a long way from this like crappy printer that like hardly worked all the time to this thing where it's like, yeah, I want one with my dog on it or at least, yeah. you know, something that looks similar to my dog. I know some of the pros have some very cool custom stuff that you guys have introduced. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah we're working on producing this year, which is really kind of the, the initial start. Um, I know 2,000 dozen a day doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start, well, compared to that printer you were doing, imagine doing 2,000 dozen, um, but then you multiply that by ball. But, um, you know, when you start talking – 60,000 dozen a month and you know you start talking 700,000 dozen a year of made to order golf balls you know this is true mass production equipment um yeah those printers those pad print things our goal is to do millions of these um is what we're working towards um and we have an infrastructure to be able to do it so for us why wouldn't you make a golf ball this way? It's kind of my question. Like it's, it's not distracting. It's a cool personalization thing. It's a little different. You know, if you could have a Canadian maple leaf instead of a number, why wouldn't you? Um, and that'd be a much cooler thing. Or John, you could have your Texas flag instead of, you know, your one, two, three, five, like, come on. Like it's just such a cooler thing to be able to put in that position. But personalization is still option. You can still put, you know, your Canadian maple leaf on one side and you could have, you know, uh, BR or RV on the other side. Um, so it's, it's a cool capability. And then picking the color of the tailor made deal, it's fun, but also, um, I would think it's the future of the way golf balls are made. And honestly, one of the biggest validators of that is we show it to our athletes like Cormel Morikawa and Nelly Corda. And I'm not going to say the reason we signed Nelly Corda was because of my symbol, but she was as excited by it as anything we showed her. That is not true. She was really excited with the products and the performance of all of it. But she thought mostly the golf ball, but um, being able to show her like a lion in place of the number, it's just something she never saw coming. She knew we made incredible products. She got to experience them firsthand. The performance blew her away, but it's, it's always fun when you can show an athlete something that they never saw coming. And a lot of these NIL deals like the Cootie brothers out of Texas, um, same deal. We put the little Texas longhorns there. Unfortunately for anyone listening. Yeah. Sorry, John. Uh, since they play for part. Texas, we don't have the license to put that there yet. So I don't want you thinking you just get whatever team you want. But, uh, again, it's things they just like, Oh, this is so cool. And it's not distracting. It's not novelty. It's a, it's a totally new thing. Um, and that's what we really like about it. And it's the reactions of, of athletes and golfers is always like, I was, uh, I was playing at a local club down here called the Crosby, um, named after Bing Crosby. And they got a really cool logo of, you know, of him with a music note and, um, I literally had someone, you know, I knew I was the tailor-made guy and I was playing with a member and a guy drove from three holes over to show me that they had it at the course. He goes, Oh, look what I found. Look what I found. I'm like, yeah, no, you guys have, it's like, I've never seen this. You guys made this. I'm like, I didn't technically make it, but yes, I'm part of the team that helped develop this program. So people get really excited when you show them something they haven't seen before. It does make me wonder when, when you mentioned pros like Colin Morikawa and Nelly Porta, do you foresee a situation in the future where, where all your pros are, are playing custom bicycle uh, golf balls? 100%. Well, no, because you're not getting Tommy Fleetwood out of a picks. No chance. 
That's but true. I true. definitely see a world where every one of our athletes, uh, and actually including you guys in this one, are using some sort of visual product. You know, it might not be visual technology like Pix or Stripe, but a visual product like my symbol is something I, I'd imagine all these guys, golfers using. Um, honestly, in, I'm hoping that's as soon as next year. Um, why wouldn't you? If you want to see the alignment benefits, great. We have something for the alignment benefits. If you want something that's more personalized, great. Honestly, we were creating custom numbers for most of our athletes anyway. This is just a better way of doing it. Like even Rory uses a 22 with roars on the side. That's technically within this program. It's not the most um, creative option, but it technically falls within this. If you want just your favorite number, if you're a big Michael Jordan fan and you want to do number 23, yeah, no problem. We can do that. But you can also now do it with a red tailor-made logo and a black number, which is super cool. Um, Grant, I'm a Knicks fan, so that was hard to say. But if you're a Patrick Ewing fan, you can knock out some, you know, orange 33s and, uh, blue tailor-mades. But, you know, whatever works for you. Um, you know, if you want to just go regular up the gut and pick a number, great. Um, but if you want to explore a little bit further. So, yeah, I, from the feedback we've had from our athletes, from what we're working towards right now, um, the expectation is if they're not in a visual product, they'll be in a my symbol product as, as soon as this year, if not next year. How many stock logos are we talking here? I mean, we've, we've been talking about the different versions, but, but this sounds yeah. pretty extensive. Yeah. So, um, right now we're, uh, we're tracking to be well over a hundred. Um, so having obviously the emotional logos you're talking about, you know, your wine glasses, your beer steins, your skull and crossbones, you know, your kind of cool emotive ones, your cactuses, your sunglasses. Go take a look at the website. It's something that you want to kind of have fun scrolling through them and kind of going through and building your own ball. Is there a custom URL for, for my symbol or do you just go to the Taylor no, website? Just go to the golf ball page, go to customize and you'll see it there. No problem. Um, but then, uh, we're doing pretty much all 50 states, uh, a number of different, uh, Amer- uh, different countries flags and things like that. But then we start adding with the number and character combinations. It's endless, but, uh, it is, it is extensive. So. We're adding to it all the time um, as we get cool logos that get designed, like for the Masters. So we have a cool Azalea logo that we designed. Yeah, why not throw it up on the My Symbol thing? We're designing it as a Pixball, but it would look great as a as a My Symbol also. So we'll continue to update. Um, we'll continue to add to it. But right now, if you can't find something that you associate with, um, I'd be pretty surprised because <laughs> we went through pretty much about every hobby, passion, uh t-shirt logo you could possibly think of and, and uh, qualify it to, to give you a really good option to, to have some fun with it. Does, does the number as far as personalization is concerned, um, even with like picks as well, is this something that, cause I, I understand that corporate golf ball, corporate sales is obviously another part of the, the, the overall consumer like target, yeah. like market. Right. So is that something that you've looked at as well, where, you know, you could put, you know, uh, some a jack in the whatever it is. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like some West Coast restaurant I've never eaten at, but like Jack in the Box, with oh, the yeah. little head all over it or something like that. Is is that like is that something yeah. that you guys are looking at from like a customization standpoint, or is it still more a focus on kind of kind of qualified no. logos that you have now? Or is like because kind of, I, I don't know. I just find that funny because I think it'd be cool. Like as as you know, everyone gets the the golf balls. It's like a first tee prize. It's like mm-hmm. oh great your logo, but like you know if you have something cool on there, it'd be like okay this is actually a lot different. Yeah, part of the reason I love this program so much, and I think that it's not just 
Tailmate has two parts of our business. We obviously have our direct-to-consumer website business, and then we're a massive wholesale company. Um, and that includes our corporate business, as you said. So what's really cool about this My Symbol program is while if you're a consumer and you want to build your own golf ball, you go to our website, and it's a great way to do that. But if you're a company or you're a golf course or you're a tournament director or you're a resort or you're whatever, um, you can go through our standard wholesale channels, and we can design that golf ball for you exactly exactly how you described it jack and box head what we work with uh the pebble beach group what they really liked is they're typically when they have a tournament they're they're limited to one logo position so typically the tournament puts their logo on the golf ball but they also want to represent the golf course so for golf courses that run a lot of tournaments it's a great way to put the golf course logo on it and the tournament logo on it. So, yeah, we're seeing just as much interest. So if you're out there and you're like, oh, man, I run a Make-A-Wish charity tournament every year, but I really want people to know that this was the the 50th version or the 100th anniversary or 2023, or I want to know that I hosted at Oakmont this year. Great. Put the Oakmont logo in the number position, put your tournament Make-A-Wish logo on the side spot, and you now get multiple logo opportunities. So the uploading of logos, um, there is a minimum order of 36,000. It's not really high. Go into your standard golf course or hotel made wholesale account, and they can definitely work through you with that. But a general consumer, go to our website. Um, you can order a few dozen, and it's a great way to still personalized without being able to upload a, a very specific logo. But yeah, we this program literally has opportunities throughout the industry to be able to make very cool product in very unique and cool ways. So if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, that would be great for my company or that would be great for my golf course or that would be great for my tournament, we can definitely feel that. You just got to manage that through your, your wholesale account or your golf course. I just, I just think of, I just see a bunch of these like showing up at pop stroke because of your association with it. And I think, like, yeah. you know, that's where you have a huge amount of people kind of going through. Not that, I mean, feel free to, you know, I'll take commission on this like sale or whatever, yeah. but, um, you know, yeah, we never I, thought I, of that one. That was great. Yeah. I'm sure nobody's Anytime. ever thought of this kind of, you know, integration, but yeah, I just, cause I think it's fun. In the last like, five you know, years. I've been, no, who yeah. wants to have like, you know, I'll take the, the big red glowy one or I'll take this. And those are fine colors when you think yeah. of like mini golfing, but, um, people always associate that, but you know, you could go, you'd always think like, oh, I want to be the kids go and mini golfing and stuff. And I would take my kids and I'm sure my daughter would be like, I want the doggy. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it is a, it is a really cool way to, to kind of I introduce am, people to it, but it's also just a fun way to, you know, differentiate the, the ball you're using. Hey, if you want to turn this into a brainstorming session, I am more than fine. And we can reach out to your guys, listeners to provide ideas. I got to, I'm sure there's a legal disclaimer I got to throw out there that says all, all ideas are owned by TaylorMade, but, um, no, I hey, that, people that's great. call your people. We'll yeah. Sort this uh, out. Actually, if you go to golf town, uh, starting in May, uh, they're going to run five stock logos. So they have a pizza ball, they have a shamrock ball, they have a maple leaf ball, an ice, uh, like a rocket pop kind of design. Um, so you go into a golf town, that's kind of the mass personalization concept. So they're going to run five different unique designs. So yeah, you can buy your TP5, TP5X, or you can buy the pizza, or you can buy the maple leaf, or you can buy the ice cream cone. Cause why not? So you don't have to, you know, it's not a long lead time. Um, we're running about 20 days uh, from order. Uh, we're, I think we promise inside um, five weeks uh, for delivery for order. We're delivering about 20, so pretty good. 
But if you want mass personalization with instant gratification, that's definitely the model right now that we're looking at for your golf course or as well as for golf town accounts starting in May. All I can tell you is I'm just going to be buying dozens of taco golf balls. <laughs> yeah, that, that one has my name on it. But just, just imagine the first time you're on the first tee with your buddies at 7.30 in the morning. And everyone's like, oh, what are you playing? Oh, I got a two. Oh, what are you playing? Oh, I got a five with a dot. Oh, what are you playing? Oh, I got a five. My kids scribbled on it. Oh, what about you? I'm playing a taco ball. <laughs> yeah. No numbers. It's got a taco on it. Did you draw a taco? No, I made it. Tell me to put a taco on it. Okay. Um, it was, uh, yeah. And that's, that's part of the fun. Like this is how much more fun is when you get to the tee box. And someone's like, Oh, what are you playing? Oh, I got skull and crossbones. Yep. I got my beer. Yeah. If I'm playing a taco, yeah, it's not, there's nothing that's, you think about what's happened with head covers or apparel or headwear or any of these things. Personalization and customization is as big a part of golf as anything. Just we haven't given it to you in golf ball before. This is truly a way to make it an everyday thing without making it feel novelty. And if it wasn't, if it, if it distracted from performance ball, it's not something some of the best players in the world would potentially be using. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you it is a very cool program. Go check it out. Taylor Maids, my symbol. Foxy. Yeah. Thanks all for the time, buddy. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. And thanks again to Mike for the time. That'll do it for episode 186 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want the gear news, check us out on the social handles. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. RB, enjoy your trip, man. You deserve it. Thanks all for listening. We'll see you later.